Welcome to sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber of the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is committed to preaching the Word of God and invites you to join them for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night service at 6.30. Now, here's Pastor Phil Barber with today's message. Turn to 1 John. We're in a, a series for a while on 1 John. The idea behind John is life, light, and love. 1 John, and we're shining light on authentic Christian. Are you authentic? And how would you know if you're authentic? We live in an age where there is false prophets, false doctrine, false Christians, and you need to know the difference between what is true and what is false. Here's an old man, the last of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will write the book of Revelation, but that's really a message of Jesus. He's He's just the uh, the secretary writing that. Now he's moved by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Spirit of God. And this is the last thing he has to say to a church before he meets his Lord and maker. He's writing to a church that the Lord Jesus Christ will rebuke because Paul ministered mainly in the Ephesus area. And when Jesus spoke in the book of Revelation... He rebuked the church of Ephesus for losing its first love. And so John is concerned because there are false prophets, false Christians, false doctrine that is overwhelming the true believers and the true church. And he wants to say something to them. And I I believe as we watch things break out in the Middle East, I've and I usually don't say I believe, I, but I'm convinced that we live in the last days. And Jesus Christ asked the question, will I find faith on earth when I return? And all of us want to be true. All of us want to be walking on a narrow path. We want to be people who are serving the Lord. None of us want to be One of those who said, Lord, Lord, did I not do this and do that in your name? And then the Lord says, I never knew you. There's ten virgins waiting for the wedding. And it's the wedding of the Lamb, really. They all are prepared or they think they are. But when the call comes that he's here, half of them aren't ready. And so we want to know what's true and what's not true. And the title is very simple. God is light. Now, I kind of introduced this sermon. I'm not going to go through all the do nots, but we'll look at them as we study the word of God. But the first thing that John tells these believers, his church, do not deny the character of God. That's the very first thing. Now, if you go to a lot of churches, you would never hear a sermon on that because you would think, and there'll be people tell you there's things far more important than talking about God. But John tells us the first way to know if you're authentic or if anyone's authentic is how do they talk about God? What do they say about God? Remember, the very first attack in the Bible is on the character of God. God did not say that to you, Eve. That's not what he meant. And that's what happens. 
What I find interesting is, in the world that we live in, is that most of us want to start talking about God, the God of love. And as I've already told you, you don't start with a God of love, but you start with a God of light. John will get to the God of love in chapter 3. But from verse 1 through verse chapter 1, beginning with verse 5, all the way to chapter 3, I believe verse 18, it's all about the God of light. Because you have to know God as he is, for you can love him as he is and for who he is. We have a community revival. We have one again in uh, in March. And the pastors, they all did a good job preaching. But I did notice this. Almost every sermon was about love. You say, what's wrong with that? Well, just for you deep thinkers, you don't find one sermon on love in the book of Acts. Not one. I don't even think you find the phrase, the love of God, in the book of Acts. You check me, check me on that. I'm, I'm, not, fine. I'm not against you knowing God is a God of love. But you need to know God, first of all, as a God of light to understand the God of love. And so let's see what John says here. Verse 5, this is our text. This is a message we have heard from him. We are telling you what we heard. And we're going to proclaim it to you. That God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. This is God's word for God's people. And all God's people said, thanks be to God. Well, some of God's people did. The battle between good and evil, God and Satan, has often been described in light and darkness metaphors. Light represents life, goodness, holiness, and purity. While darkness represents death, sin, rebellion, and evil. Do not deny the character of God. John said that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now listen, John condenses the message of Jesus. Now think of this. He's heard the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Plain. He's heard the Sermon about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was there in the upper room and heard that great discourse. But when he gets ready to condense the message, he condenses that, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That's where he starts. I want you to say that with me. God is light and in him is no darkness. So say it with me. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. John is using the word light. To tell you something about God. The term light is used to describe, and we've talked about this, the attributes or the characteristics or the character of God. False prophets and false Christians are going to tell you things about God that are lies, that are dead wrong. If they start anywhere else but with this fact, that God is light They're starting at the wrong place. They're probably even lying to you. They're denying the character and the attributes or attributes of God. 
What is John saying to you and me when he says God is light? First of all, by declaring God is light, John is saying, number one, God is perfect. God is light. Not God is a light. And I find this interesting that God is not the light. He is saying God is light. Nothing but light. No darkness, no dimness, no eclipse, no gloom, no murkiness, no shade, no shadows, or no twilight. God is light, by which he means God has no flaws. He's perfect. God is essential light, by which he means God has no blemishes, defects, failings, faults, no sin, no spot, no stain, no vices, no warts. God is perfect. This is a message. And it has always been the message. God is light. Therefore, God is perfect. This message has not changed and it will never change. And he is saying, we heard it from him. And now we declare to you that God is light. The word light appears in some form in the Bible over 275 times. The word light appears 95 times in the New Testament. Light is a prominent theme throughout the scriptures. And you might notice that when you read through the Bible next year, okay? Look for the word light. God is uncreated light in contrast to the sun and the stars or even the light in this room. He is a light that will never go out. He is a light that will always shine. And this is the message we have heard from him and we declare it unto you. Listen to these scriptures. Psalm 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I want you, I want to say this. Light is always associated. Let me say it this way. It's better this way. Life is always associated with light. Life is always associated with light. There's life because there's light. And that is where John will be heading on this. Psalm 36 verse 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Now, I know you're not getting this, but the Romans, Paul tells us, for we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Really, we've all fallen short of the light of God, God's glory, God's presence. But God will make us sons of light. John 1 verse 9 says, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming in the world. And the classic is chapter 8 verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John twelve thirty six says, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become the sons of light. Twelve forty six John says, I have come as a light in the world. That whoever believes in me should not abide, not live, not dwell in darkness. 
The apostles saw this, and now they announce it. God is light, and he's perfect. He's sinless, no stain, no sin, no warts, no blemish. He's perfect. He is sinless. Second, when he says God is light, John is telling you and me that God is powerful. Think about the assertion that's being made. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. What was the very first act of creation? God created light. Let me read Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Darkness was everywhere. But in a moment, in less than a second, after God spoke, darkness was gone. Darkness vanished. Boom. No more darkness. And that's what happens when you come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The moment you say, Lord, I've sinned and I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, and I repent. The darkness is driven out of your life and light lights up your heart and your soul. Think about the power of light. It dispels darkness, but cannot be overcome by darkness. Darkness and light never inhabits the same place. You might cover it. You might shut it out, but you can't contain it. You might try to block it out. Man, man has tried to do. That's what Adam was doing when he was hiding in the shadows of the tree. And God said, where are you? Let me tell you this. And I've told you this. And it's in Psalms. But Adam knew he was naked. Eve knew she was naked. After they sinned. They were dressed in they were dressed in robes of light, according to the book of Psalms. But the moment they sinned, that light that God had given them was gone. And we dwell in darkness now. But that darkness can be gone the moment we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And John is saying to these believers, because they were being told. It's okay to live in sin. It's okay to practice the acts of the flesh. They're not important. They don't hurt you. You're forgiven now. You can live like you want. You can do what you want. But John is saying to them, no, no, no. Light and darkness doesn't dwell together. Light is more powerful than darkness. Think of Achan. What did he do? He stole the riches of that little city of Ai and he buried it. Why do you hide anything? I know people, they hide things from their family. They hide things from their wife. They hide things from their husband. They hide things from their boss. They hide things from their church. Why are you hiding anything? Because you're in darkness. You want to be covered by darkness. Man is evil. And he loves darkness rather than light. And when Jesus Christ comes back again, there'll be people. Almost all of them, because I believe in rapture, will be gone. But the people of this world will run towards the caves 
to get in the darkness. They will cry out for the rocks to cover them, to hide them from the coming of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because he's all powerful. You might close a room off from dark, from the light, but the light doesn't go away. Once the light shows up, the shadows are cast away. Living on the, in the, on the equator in Ecuador, South America is always amazing, especially at the middle of the day. You couldn't find a shadow. The light was just there, they're gone, cast away. See, but light is essential for life to exist. And light reveals the contamination, the sin, the wickedness, the evil that is in our lives. But guess what? Light cannot be contaminated. Light cannot be contaminated. When we, I, Deanna was in the hospital with her uh, subdural hematoma and recovering, I was amazed. I'd never seen one before. And I don't know if I've seen many in the local hospitals here, but there at the Mercy Hospital, there was a guy whose job, he had a machine that was like a light machine, and it was a disinfectant. And he'd use that, and he'd go all through the rooms using that light, killing whatever, whatever infections, whatever germs were there. That's what light does. It's all powerful. And when it comes into our lives, it'll transform us and change us from being sons of darkness to sons of light. The third thing that light speaks of, it speaks of God's purity, God's holiness. Light is a representation of the holiness and purity of God Almighty. This is God's mighty. This is God's nature. He is pure and he is holy. This is one of my favorite verses I'm going to share with you. I love this one. It's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. The blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light. We've fallen short of his glory. That's what... God meant when he told Moses, no man can see me and live. No mortal man can see me and live. But there will be a day when this this mortal will put on immortality. And those who have died in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're perishable, will put on the imperishable. And we will see God as he is. But he is unapproachable light for all of us are sinners. All of us are imperfect. The light is too glorious, too glorious for any mortal creature, any mortal creature to see him in his fullness. Psalm 104, verse 1 and 2, another great verse says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Covering, your, covering yourself with light as with a cloak. As you wear clothes, God wears light. Jesus will tell us, John will tell us this later at, in First John chapter 1. This is what he's telling them. Because people are thinking they can get by with sin in their life. And here's what he's saying. Because God is holy and God is pure. No unconfessed sin 
can remain in God's presence. Let me let you in on a secret. There are Christians, because he's speaking to Christians. We say we haven't sinned, we're liars. We. He didn't say them, those guys outside the church walls. We. I, I believe Christians ought to practice confessing sins if they have them. And you might say, but well, pastor, I thought there's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. True. But remember what I told you, and I'm going to keep telling you this until you get it in your head. You are legally justified. You're legally justified. As though you've never sinned. In the court, you've been declared not guilty. Now, we may only have one person in this church, the pastor, who will confess that he has sinned since he's been saved. Okay? So what does the pastor do if he's already justified, not condemned, and he's got this in mind? Well, he confesses a sin. Because remember, there's the legal side, but now there's the family side. And I'm in God's house. He's my father. And it's talking about fellowship. We're talking about But being honest with God, I can't stand there guilty with unconfessed sin. I just say, because I'm a Christian, as easy as for me to say, Jesus, you're my Lord. It should be almost as easy to say, Lord, might be a little more embarrassing, but I've sinned. And he's my father, and he wants to forgive me. He wants to forgive me, and he wants to forgive you. If you're one of those, we'll stand up, Pastor. Sometimes I'm like you, not as bad as you, but almost like you, you know. So because you're in a family, you're honest with God. And guess what? We're honest with each other. Because it talks about having fellowship with God and with each other in this passage. No unconfessed sin can remain in God's presence. Blemishes, stains, warts are not allowed in God's presence. And if you would happen to have a blemish, a stain, or wart, or sin, in your heart and life today, as you worship the Lord, you ought to be conscious. Here I am trying to worship the Lord, and I got this bitterness, unforgiveness, this sin of uh, lust, deceit, lie, whatever it may be. And I know I need to confess it before I worship. Well, do that. You're in God's house. We're in God's presence. You're in your father's home. You're in your father's presence. Confess. Because he'll tell us in verse 2 that he, uh, chapter 2, he is faithful. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you notice us? Because he's speaking to church people. Nadab and Abihu thought they could get away with blemish and stains and warts. But well, we'll just worship the God what we have, this for our own fire. And God struck them down. Ananias and Sapphira, it's almost, it's eerie how this, we have the Old Testament and New Testament. They're offering a fake, false offering. They're trying to say we're doing something that they're really not doing. And they are struck down. Let me say it again. Unconfessed sin cannot remain in the presence of God. 
no unconfessed sin can remain in the presence of God. God is perfect. God is powerful. God is pure. And the final thing I want to say, God is passionate. Trying to stay with alliteration. And what I mean by that is God is passionate to be known. He wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. And the Bible desires that God wants to be known. And he's done everything he can to reveal himself to you and me. God is light means that the God of the Bible, it's there. You see the light. You see it all. It's nothing hidden. No, no shadows, no stains, no twilight, no darkness, no murkiness. God is light. Look at me. I'm open. You can see me as I am. He desires to be known. And God has revealed himself so clearly according to the apostle Paul through the wonders and creation of the world that you and I, that mankind has no excuses for not knowing him and honoring him. It's called, let me give you a little Bible lesson. It's called, there's two types of revelation. General revelation, special revelation. God has revealed himself throughout the, through the creation, the intricate design of his creation. God's not hidden his power and nature from you and I because he wants us to know. And so when you just look at the universe, you look at creation, you look at man, you look at life, you should be in awe of creation. And it says God has done it all. But here's the problem of general revelation. It doesn't save us. You can't be saved through general revelation. No way. Not at all. One reason you can't be man is so sinful that he has corrupted God's creation. And he's ended up worshiping the creation instead of the creator. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. What we call special revelation. The Christmas message is this. God became a man in Jesus and lived a perfect life. Died on the cross and rose again from the dead. So that everyone who agrees with God about their sin and puts their hope in Christ alone will receive forgiveness of their sins. As the light of the world, Jesus was the incarnation of the God of light. Who is light? God's revelation in Jesus and his revelation of himself in the Bible It's called special revelation. God so wants to be known by his creatures that he entered the space they lived in. He took on their form. He walked among us, breathed our air, and he ate food and drank water that he created so that he could die on the cross for the sins of his people. People who were made in his image, who would rather live for the things of this world, live for things that he made instead of the maker. And that's why it's important to understand the message that Jesus told them that they are proclaiming to us, that I'm proclaiming to you, extends to Jesus. Because without Jesus, there is no salvation. And when he says, I am the light of the world. He is telling you and me something wonderful. 
I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What John is saying here, this is Jesus. Thank you for listening to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber. To find out more about today's message, you may contact the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church at 417-472-3360. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is located on Highway 59 North between Neosho and Diamond, Missouri. Morning worship is at 10 a.m. with a Wednesday night service at 6.30 p.m. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church, where the distance is worth the difference.